0: Hello, and welcome to another edition of the 16-Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer Podcast. My name is AJ Kearns. I am your host here each and every week as we do our part to introduce you to the artists, designers, and illustrators from around the world who help bring your favorite beers and breweries to life. It's that simple, folks. So we are here again. Episode number thirty eight, treinta y On this week's episode, we have another milestone for us. Here it is our first time with the show, uh, interviewing two artists at the same time. This week's episode is featuring uh, Connor Hill and Matt Brinker. They are the dynamic duo that make up Magnificent Beard. So we came to learn of them through the work that they've done through Noble Ray Brewing Company down in Dallas, Texas. They've got some great uh, pieces when we've been doing our research on featured artists or featured labels. And we like to peruse the interwebs and just kind of see what's out there. Because like we mentioned before, we are beer agnostic. So while we have been uh, selfishly reaching out to breweries that we love and we know the beer is awesome inside, we you know, found found the two guys. You know, They, they have some stuff on Oh Beautiful Beer. Uh, they are featured in uh, paste in the dye line. And so we really liked what they were doing. They had this set of four cans that they helped Noble Ray launch kind of their canning series. And they took a really unique approach to the can with uh, the stacking of the can to make one full or larger piece of art. So I really enjoyed talking to the two of them. It was interesting trying to have a discussion with both you know both of them on the phone it was very obvious that they worked really well together they're lifelong friends and they really have a kind of almost like a um, you know a two-man stand-up act going while it's not all jokes you know they do work really hard to do screen printing and they do a lot of uh, really you know unique and uh, energetic pieces they tell good stories and it was just really a lot of fun to get a chance to, to speak to them both you can go to their website magnificent beard.com they do not have an instagram or other uh, social media accounts i believe that uh, connor does uh, have one but they don't have a unifying magnificent beard account so hopefully those guys will decide to do that because they are doing some great great stuff you know on their website you can see a lot of their work in action we'll talk about some of the pieces that they've done their career how they got into it and just you know see where it takes us so this is a unique one because they do more you know gig posters and some you know unique stuff than just uh the beer but they did some really cool stuff they you know they did um you know steampunk uh, barackis little ba golden ray then off the leash and we kind of talk about that a little bit throughout the the call and really just kind of give some insight into the story and where things are then and where things are now and like i said anytime we can talk about wu-tang it's always a, a good one. So we'll leave that as the the Wu Tang teaser, cause Wu Tang Clan, like I said, ain't nothing to fuck with. So things are going about to get real. If you're listening to the 16 ounce canvas, the Art of Craft Beer Podcast, remember you get your guess out via the world wide webs, 16ozcanvas.com and 16ozcanvas on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. So hey, if you find something you like, you find someone you like. Not in that way obviously but just hashtag pound sign tic-tac-toe one six oz canvas we'll find you we'll get in touch and we're looking for new artists every day so it's a lot of fun that's one of my favorite parts of the job and uh hopefully it's one of your, your favorites as well learning about some new artists from around the world and i can't believe we can say that so this is without a doubt episode number 38 there's no doubt about it don't doubt me the y ocho Aki N D S E sis I don't know, I don't know what ounce canvas is in Spanish, so we'll have to work on that one. But uh, before we get off the rails anymore we'll here, without further ado, you're listening to Magnificent Beard, sixteen ounce canvas, art of craft beer podcast. Enjoy hello and welcome to another edition of the 16 ounce canvas the art of craft beer podcast really excited tonight we have matt and connor they are the duo that is magnificent beer joining us from the dallas texas area this is our first time uh, guys having two artists on the the program at the same time so we're, this is you're making 16 ounce canvas history so i'm really excited to share this moment with you
1: this is good we like voltron but only two of us
0: right exactly yeah. i do like some voltron that was that, that was definitely underrated uh, i think it got overshadowed by the transformers you know i do i do feel that was not as appreciated as it should have been and then and then it got ripped off and became like the power rangers so who knows so maybe they did have appreciation for it later on
2: and voltron's back now i think in 3d
0: yeah. 3D. Everything's fuck everything's fucking back in three D, man. It's like they can't it's like <laughs> the same exact ideas. They just they're basically replaying it to our childhood with our kids. And it's like, oh, you wanna see this again, you know? Yeah. So I appreciate you guys putting up uh, unique and creative ideas on your own without having to, you know, go back to the drawing board. So yeah. So we came to learn to view, I mean you guys have really, you know, put up some really unique cans, you know, the work you've done with Noble Ray. You know, I love the, the double stack. Um, I think it's really great. They're really unique. The characters are really kind of uh you know vivid and, and fun. And it kind of from you know, from my knowledge of the beard, you know, what you guys are doing there, I think it's really, you know, fitting and I you know, and so and honestly you guys have gotten a lot of great press, you know, paste and, you know, dylon and a few others. So we really just kind of stumbled upon you guys and reached out and Really excited is to kind of you know learn a little bit more about what you guys are up to you guys you know anytime somebody's working you know on wu-tang posters you know we're always down for that so i'm just excited to see see where this kind of takes us and you know learn a little bit more about the the two of you so what you know yeah so i just kind of a you know the elevator pitch you know what's you know what's the matt and connor story like how did you guys get into design and you know creative stuff you know i love this is my favorite questions. so i definitely love to to learn more about you guys
1: Yeah, so uh, we met in ninth grade (laughs) and uh, went to high school together. We're best friends together, had the same group of friends. And then we went to college together in this tiny fucking East Texas town called Commerce that had a stoplight in a Walmart that closed at 11. And that's like fucking it. And pretty much... From there, we like we would always draw the same, and we'd have the same kind of fucked up ideas, and like the
2: same kind of, always interested in the same kind of stuff. So, same music, same influence, same kind of just everything. Yeah, it's a little inseparable for a while. A lot of, a lot of old video games.
1: Um, we had a friend who we would make his brother make bootleg HSs of anime for us so we could watch weird anime and uh just like into all like the same like lowbrow
2: kind of fucked up stuff and then uh like connor said we you know finished out college together um got our first design job out of school <clears throat> and uh it's kind of that feeling of Wanting a creative outlet, even though you have a creative job, a um, first couple of jobs are kind of a lot of, like, not the most glamorous design jobs. It, it kind of sucks. Uh, a lot of, like, business-to-business internal stuff that just kind of leaves you wanting more. Um, like, you, you do a lot of projects in school. And it, so we, we got out of school in
1: 2006. So this was pre iPhone, pre a lot of Internet stuff. And it it was really heavily focused on traditional branding and print design and things like that, very little anything else. And so our our professors were like super old school, just about you've got to have a printed portfolio, you've got to put it together in this way. But us being out in the world and knowing people a little bit older than us, that's, that's not actually how the world was and print was dying at the time. So when we got out and got our first gigs, Dallas was in a weird transition space because historically it had been a huge advertising town in a huge print town, like massive print places. Like the first place Matt worked at was known for huge annual reports.
2: Like that kind
1: of dried up for a spell.
2: Yeah, that's, if you don't know what an annual report is, it's basically what a company has to produce at the end of every year financial year to show their numbers. And, uh, the fun part was like the 10 pages in front of the financials that would kind of tell the corporate story. And you maybe had a, you got lucky and had a client that would let you kind of conceptually translate forward momentum or next year. uh, I don't know. It's all the same shit. So, uh, At the same time, too, we had another friend from college who was in many bands and uh, we decided we need something else to do to kind of, again, kind of touch back to our influences and what we like to do and our creative outlook on just life and things that keep you sane. Um, So we're like, hey, you have a band. We can make a poster for you.
1: Like, so, so this dude was in, I think, four bands at the time, some some pretty well-known, some kind of getting known, um, and we were thinking, we gig posters were starting to get big, and you see a lot, like, when gigposters.com was still around, that was, like, a big place to go to to see a lot of interesting illustration and design that was still hand done for the most part like or maybe half digital half hand done but there's still that hand done approach of like oh you actually have to go and print a hundred of these posters yourself Um, and that was really fascinating to us because we still illustrated on the side and drew our own stuff and this was a way to kind of combine that for us Um, but we had never learned it in school had never been really been exposed to it outside of the internet Um, and, and it wasn't like it is now where you could get on YouTube or Reddit, or if there was stuff on YouTube, it would just be like 30-second clip of bullshit. Right. And so um, we got on the com forum, and there was just like a wealth of information on there, and as we read about it, it's like, oh, we can do this ourselves. Let's just go to Home Depot and order the supplies we need and just figure it out. Um, so we we fucked up a lot in the basement of where i was working at the time trying to teach ourselves um the printing aspect of it so the design part that's that's pretty straightforward right like you do your illustration um whether it's hand done or if you're in photoshop or illustrator or scan it in and color it that way but then there's this whole other aspect to it of the kind of craft craft side of it of you actually have to learn how to a screen and to burn it and expose it the right way and then to print out film and then how to mix your ink in the correct way and tricks about making your paper not curl like that whole technical side of it where where it becomes like doing the artwork's really easy but there's a whole world of fuck-ups that you can encounter trying to just like get the thing printed but that 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 part of it is what was kind of fun of figuring out tricks and and finding those like accidental mistakes that are like accidental i don't know what you call them accidental surprises surprises happy happy mistakes
0: yeah that's Uh, that's what we call my younger sister
2: right (laughs)
0: So you, We're all you guys, it, right? so you guys taught yourself screen printing about, I mean, that's really, that's like the hand printing of the posters. I mean, that's, that's pretty impressive to yeah. me. So it, we, the other
2: necessity of learning to print was from a cost standpoint as well um, and not having money and yeah. it being a lot cheaper to do things on your own and kind of having that DIY one attitude. Um,
1: to, back then there was, a couple really well-known printers who, the, the popular poster artists, if they were making some bank, would get their stuff printed at these guys. But like Matt said, it was super expensive. And especially if you're like a kid right out of school working your first job, you you can't really afford stuff like that. So it's like, well, we can probably figure it out and we can probably do it our own way. So
2: let's try it. Yeah, I I feel like in.
0: Sorry. No, go ahead.
2: I was just gonna say, and I I feel like in 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 learning the printing process, uh, in doing it yourself, you kind of learn a lot of those um, technical little things that help you produce the next thing, or learn all the things that caused you pain, how to fix them the next time. Um, and just get an overall understanding of the process. So like whenever, I mean, going, skipping to the cans, just learning like, what are your limitations and knowing how to work within all the confines to get what you want out of it. Um, Knowing the technical side of it helps, I think will help any designer understand that. I guess I feel like, you know, working with people that have never printed something before, um, you might, just be like, hey, this is, you You don't know what you're trying to do, or you're trying to do something that's very hard to, to replicate or print, or if you just kind of know those ins and outs, it, it, helps, it helps you kind of work around and know how to bend the rules to work in your favor. Um, I think looking at like when we look at just our gig posters
1: from where we started to kind of where, what it looks like now when we work on them, um, there's there's definitely like a, not a lot of consistency in the design portion, um, and there's also not a lot of consistency in the execution. And I think not that not that it's like a bad thing, but I think it's like what Matt was saying was that there was like a lot of learning that happened throughout the process of a lot of our early ones. We tried to do really intricate printing techniques and really intricate designs with fine fine like line artwork and then through the pain of fucking up we kind of discovered like oh maybe we should try something simpler or maybe we should try a poster that's not eight colors maybe two colors and see what happens with that and that that kind of like focusing on the limitations helps helps you kind of find stretch yourself and find interesting things that you wouldn't have like in print you know like you can you can kind of do whatever you want for the most part because it's machine printing it a thousand times and it'll be exactly for the most part, how you designed it. Whereas this, you have a human factor. So you can always, there'll always be a little weirdness with it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Two things to take away. First, I didn't realize that gig wasn't around anymore. So I was pretty sad to, while you're talking, I checked <laughs> that and saw that I would spend numerous. I mean, I probably spent some, I have so many posters in my basement that I don't have framed. It's like, I would just go there and be like, I don't know. I, yeah, I don't even know what that band is, but like that poster is amazing, yeah. and some point in my life, I'm going to hang that up in, you know, a study or somewhere cool in my house, but like, I feel like I need to have that, so I was kind of just sad to, to see that, because you would just get turned on to so many cool different techniques, and then yeah, we, we had an artist who was on our first episode, um, and probably a couple months ago he was you know he's a musician and kind of he he does the hand you know hand uh printing himself screen printing himself and he did a time lapse of it and it was it was mind-blowing to me because i really I, I like i said i have all his posters and i still get them today you know and it's like they make a big deal you know hand printed on the stuff and i feel it's not i feel it's underappreciated I feel like they should have like a video at like the merch booth and just showing like somebody doing it so you'd really appreciate all that goes into it to see it like a you know, a two minute time lapse that was like over like four or five days because each day was a different, you know, color. I think it was like a four color print. It was like that That to me was like kind of a huge eye opener to see all the hard work in there. And it's like, and you know, and it's just, you know, it shows up at the merch table and someone's like, you know, you just get it. And so it's, I, I applaud you. And I think that when you you kind of step back and you kind of uh, break down the, the pieces by, you know, the colors and the limitations, it probably has made you better designers and better artists to see like you said like especially with digital now you can do so much that you maybe take for granted so you kind of like to break it out to that you know to that simplicity to prize made you guys even even better you know especially with packaged goods and just kind of printing in general
1: yeah i think um that's a good point too you made about um it's it's hard to understand what goes into it until you actually see something like a time lapse so if it's like somebody if we were to tell somebody like, "Oh yeah, that's like an edition of two hundred, and it was a four four color print," you, that doesn't translate into, "Oh, that was that's really eight hundred times we had to do this over and over, and it took us like three days, and we're really fucking sore."
2: You get some sweet forearm.
0: Yeah, it's like hang on, we You yeah to you have to hang them up and you have to wipe it was like oh, yeah yeah that could be maddening you know? oh
2: man and where we were learning uh you know we called it the moleman press because so in dallas there's not a lot of basements so we're downtown in this basement kind of squatting in this closet that didn't have any light source so we had to like run extension cords to run lights in and it would uh it was the winter time whenever we're trying to get ready for this, like, it was our first show. We're trying to learn screen printing. We had this hard deadline of like, we're gonna produce like 13 pieces uh, in two weeks. And this is all new to us. And uh, it's winter time. It's uh, for whatever reason, the snow made the basement condensate so it was literally raining inside while we're trying to have you know all this paper around us it's just a fucking nightmare um good combination it was amazing so it was an amazing way to learn um it was just really fun
0: <laughs> yeah trial by trial yeah. by fire yeah Whew.
2: yeah but uh that turned out surprised. all right well that
1: was like a crazy deadline Pretty much everything we do is a stupid deadline. One, to motivate us to do it. And two, just because ty- typically we like to take on a couple things at a time. Just so we're always kind of working on something when we don't have a lot going on in our lives. So It forces you to get stuff done and to figure it out. But it's not always the most fun. As we've gotten older, it's become a little less fun.
0: Yeah, especially yeah, because yeah, I hear that a lot. Some folks are like, "I have, you know, whatever the time period is," and it's like, "I I seen to do my best work in that last 18 hours," and but then like, you don't yeah. want to tell somebody you like, you'd rather only have 18 hours to go, so it's like, you know, catch 20 catch 22, I guess, on that one. But but yeah, I, I think yeah, like I said, if you, everyone if you go to magnificentbeard.com and you go to the, the shop, you can see the posters, and I, I think that. You can kind of see, you know, you can kind of see the one, you know, where the evolution of it of it is. And I, I do like that, you know. You kind of see all of the all the different bands and artists you've you've worked with, and it's a it's. I, I don't know all of them, but I know a good. I know a good handful of them, so it's it's cool to see kind of, you know, the 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 colors that you've chosen. You know, some kind of come back up uh, more often than not. And it's yeah, it seems like you've mastered your I want to say domain, but mastered your technique a little bit. And so I think it's really yeah. <laughs> little Seinfeld but yeah I think it's um yeah I I can definitely I definitely can see the the evolution of it you know so it's kind of cool to see that you know some of the ones have a ton of colors and so that's probably was you know the the more stressful ones then you kind of you know stuck to a couple two color ones and so yeah it's really it's really it's really nice to see that and it's a really nice portfolio
1: thank you man I really appreciate that it's really nice of you to say
0: oh yeah Definitely. No, I, I really, like I said, like I, I'm genuinely bummed about the gig posters thing. I guess I hadn't been there as long as I thought. So I, I was kind of like, oh, that's not, that sucks. And so, yeah. Man, I,
1: that, that was such like an awesome, welcoming community too.
0: Yeah, it was great. Just like
1: you could, you could ask all the dumb questions you want and they would tell you it's dumb, but they would also answer it.
0: Right. Yeah, like you, now, can, you like, can ask it once and now you have to answer it for the next person who asked this dumb question. It's like, all right, yeah.
2: Like Well it seems like it's uh, different in some sense of like I feel like sometimes in, in certain little design clicks um there's a lot of like hoarding of information. It's kind of like, No, that's my style, that's my shit. Don't don't I don't wanna tell you about it. Um versus, you know, like the, the the poster community I feel in general is just a very like everybody's super happy as long as you're producing stuff. I mean, obviously the as, yeah, as you're not doing certain things but for the most part very good community
0: now i was i i suddenly noticed you mentioned reddit which is kind of like my happy place so i definitely is there, yeah. is, there a, is there a good gig posters or kind of design uh subreddit you guys check out a lot or what's kind of what are you guys doing over there
1: i'm, I'm on weird reddit man i like all the weird shit
0: oh yeah definitely i
1: I follow very little design stuff on Reddit unless it's like the crappy design subreddit. I'm all about like uh, uh, popping is a good one.
0: <laughs> like the dancing? Like the terror like that? What's popping? No, uh,
1: like popping giant blackheads and. Weird oh, sis. no, no, no. <laughs> that oh, one's yeah. pretty good. Cringe, cringe Anarchy. I'm all about like make you make you feel embarrassed for other people
0: yeah cringe pics is a good one there's one like that it's basically like it's usually like awkward like text conversations or like people leaving like comment you know like comments on like things that are awful like somebody passes away and they're like man she's hot it's like dude this is like a rem- memorial page and it's like oops sorry about that yep <laughs> yeah yeah so it's good yeah reddit my i, I, uh, I credit my right. wife she introduced me to reddit and it's one of like the the greatest gifts, and, you know, it's, like, it's not there with our children, but it's, like, in our, it'd probably in our top five of awesome introductions in life. And so, yeah, we – have, uh, have you gotten gold yet? No, I've not gotten gold yet, but I've uh, – One day. Yeah, I think, we yeah, have one day. I, I set the bar pretty low. I'm not – like, it doesn't make sense to me, some of this stuff that rises, because you have to, like, be out of thread, like, right away. And you're like, oh, that, I would have said something like that. But it's just so funny because people are so – it's so witty. So I I don't care. It's I'm fine. We do Reddit. I think we we'll probably do Reddit, Reddit Santa. That's always fun. We do, we try to do that every year if we can.
1: Yeah. I'm a big Reddit lurker. I don't I don't post a
0: lot. Yeah. I, I sometimes
1: I'm a
2: crazy Man, I don't know what Reddit is.
0: Oh good. I'm not going to pretend. <laughs> oh Jesus. You can
2: introduce me to it later.
0: Yeah, it's definitely. And yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> All the cool kids are there. Actually no, that's not really. That's kind of the opposite of what it is, but um so so yeah, so let's uh let's get into the the can. So how did you guys, you know, um did what you found in the in the basement? Did you guys lock yourself in? The guys from you know Noble Ray found you. How did, how did you guys team up with uh with Noble Ray on those on those cans?
2: So uh I actually that going back to that first job, um one of my production artist guys that I used to work with, he um you know, he, we all split from the company, went all different ways. Um, he got into doing some homebrewing and uh, he started doing his like own little homebrew thing. And that turned into him trying to um, kind of, he was getting a little bit more established amongst, I guess, Dallas homebrewers and uh, he had a partner and then that fell through. And then um, Chris, uh, the main guy at Noble Ray, he, uh, he was kind of going through the same thing where he was trying to get his brewery, brewery up and running and, um, something happened on their end. And so somehow their stars aligned, they met at something and decided to partner up and create this company. Um, so I knew Justin through just working with him like a decade earlier and uh, he had he had been following like posters and stuff that we had done and um, always kind of a fan and this kind of just all fell in line with everything for us and it was kind of
1: a cool opportunity because since he knew Matt he, we basically sat down with him and he was like, "I like your style I like what you do um, go do it." so kind of a kind of pretty cool to like get that get that latitude to just you know whatever you think of run with it and we'll we'll entertain the idea
2: so the moral of the story is don't piss off anybody they used to work with because they might be cool in open breweries and then give you cool work
0: <laughs> yeah no it's like every a lot of the stories are like oh you know um we did you know just did one of the guys kind of like a comic book guy and it was a guy he knew from growing up and when the guy was, like, his buddy was home brewing, you know, he tried his stuff, like, four years before the brewery started, and he was like, oh, that's really good. And then the brewery started to kind of get some legs, you know, become, was about to become a real product, and he was like, hey, remember that brew, beer I was brewing? He's like, "I, you know, I'd like you to do the art for it. And he was like, oh, that's still, like, going on, and so, like, you're right. Yeah, It's all everyone I've talked to, there's always these... You know six degrees of separation and from you know a lot of you know there's some people who grew up or knew each other for, for long periods of time but it's really it's all the stories are, it's really interesting but yeah it's kind of good You know, like you said before right you're a lot of folks about their nine to five jobs you know and they pay the bills but then you kind of need your creative outlet and so there's probably a lot of folks that are sitting next to you in that cubicle or you know on the highway with you right now who aren't loving their job and looking for a creative outlet and that's why we do this. You know, I don't, I don't hate my day job. It's, it's good. And, you know, I actually don't have anything negative to say, but I just knew, I knew I needed to be part of something creative again. So that was, you know, we reached out to a few artists and they were down, you know, we just kind of been running with it and we'll see how far it goes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like it's always, I, I had an old boss that put it this way because he, he did a lot of um, writing on the side. Like he wrote a lot of novels and he was like, if you're going to do like your side hustle, just make sure you got a day job that gets you the money you need and the time you need to where you can still pursue whatever your your bigger creative interest is passion yeah your passion and not feel like you're you're burning the candle on both ends so if you're not fulfilled in one area just make sure you can be fulfilled in another or you know make 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 the time and the place for it
0: yeah i think it's i think it's huge especially yeah, a lot of folks are like well you've been doing the podcast for you know a long time like what how how are you gonna get money of that i'm like i don't know I have, like, I have no idea i'm gonna make money off this i'm like but i'm having <laughs> a fucking i'm having a good time i'm meeting some great people you know and like i feel good like yeah. I, you know i have a shitty day and then you know somebody says they listen to an episode or whatever even like a you know like on an instagram like i'm all about it like that's that's all i need You know, if if there's, if somebody, you know, if if anyone's listening now and you have a big stack of money, you want to share with the three of us, you know, we're definitely, you know, I'm not (laughs) going to turn it down. You know, I'm not that, uh, idealistic, you know, I definitely, you know, we'll, we'll promote your, your brand or your, your shoe we'll figure a way to work that into the podcast. But, um, but, but yeah, that's, I think that if you do it for the right reasons, like you guys learn, you know, you're doing it, you know, then when you get paid for stuff or you have these. Other opportunities, they're, you know, they're, they're pure and genuine and you're, you're even more excited about, you know, stacking your, your, uh, your backlog up of stuff and having to put up 13 prints in the basement, you know, right before, you know, a couple of days before the show. It's, it's
1: always nice having the, the ability to say no also that that cannot be emphasized enough as a good, good feeling to be in that position.
0: Yeah, do you remember the first time that was? You're like, oh, we're good, thanks though. Uh, <laughs>
2: do we call
0: anyone? No, you know, uh, to call anybody uh, out. Hypothetically, we'll say we'll say hypothetical. Yeah.
2: Well, I feel like with a lot of the concert posters, we learned pretty quickly. Like, if you look at if you look at all the posters, everything that you see that we've made, I'd say about ninety percent of it, we love those bands. It's something that we love music. We wanted to make something for other people that we, we, we either appreciate or we want to do something with, um, but sometime in the beginning, you know, we'd get those like weird requests for somebody we don't know. And it's just that, um, kind of, again, going back to whenever you spend eight to 12 hours at your job and then you come home and then you're trying to make a poster when you really aren't into what you're making, it just makes it that much more difficult to care the whole time
1: you're thinking fucking hate this shitty band not that (laughs) they're shitty and we would say that about them i also can't think of any ideas because i don't care why the fuck did i say yes to this what am i doing and then you just have to find a way to get it done that's such a bad feeling that you did to yourself
0: yeah, cuz a lot of times you have that during your day job, right? It's like you, like this hey, you have to do this. Hey, Matt, this deadline. You're like, okay, like that's cool, but you just decided to do it to yourself like on your, your own passion project. It's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. great, you know. What have we done? Wrong punishment. Yeah, exactly. Now, so how do you so how do you guys team up with the bands? I mean, I I like I used to uh, yeah, I used to do radio for you know a long time and manage a you know manage a band. So I always appreciate a good gig poster. But how do you guys team up with them? Are they are they Dallas bands or is it kind of just the kind of want, you know the uh, the ball rolling from the, the initials and then bands reach out to you? How does that go? At, at
1: first, it was so it was our buddy that um, was in a great many bands. Yeah, let's name some of those of bands. Was, yeah, let's
0: name some of those bands. Uh, uh,
1: Fishboy. He played bass with Fishboy, who's a local Denton band who's still around. Check him out. Fishboy is really awesome. Uh, he was also in a band called Hard and Sweaty and the Ready to Go. They're really good. Uh, another band called Little Bird. All of these are, are currently defunct bands, sadly.
0: The hard, and sweaty um, poster, the hard and Sweaty poster is really great. I really like that one a lot. Thank you.
1: That's So that's all of them.
0: Yeah, like, that would be awesome. I'd be psyched. I would love to be this, like, a cartoon. Like, that would be awesome. That that would be like, like I'm I'm done. It's like, all right, good to go.
1: Another one of our buddies is just like, you. I like the weird shit you make. Please just make some. Whatever you make is great.
2: Well, and then doing those posters, we got some publicity through a local kind of paper called the Dallas Observer. Um, shout out to Alex, who kind of helped us on that end, because um you know he he kind of put us out there they had like poster of the week little posts that they would post and kind of go through like that week's gig posters and then post their favorite one and kind of talk about it and that kind of led to some other local uh kind of got us on the radar of local um and what the fuck is mm-hmm. promoters promoters yeah publiciters <laughs> promoters um, so that's the thing though, is like in talking to other good poster guys, there's so many ways of getting kind of that job, either through a promoter or getting it through the band or getting it through this, the venue or getting it through, there's kind of not like a one way that it always happened. Um,
1: there's one promoter we worked with for a long time that we didn't find out until towards the end of working with him that uh, he didn't actually tell the band until right before they got to the venue. And this whole time we were going through like a couple weeks of approval and they were like, yeah, yeah, it's good to go. They love it. Um, Little did we know a lot of the time he would show up with the posters in hand and be like, yeah, we
2: got these made.
1: It's cool. Right. We're going to sell it. That's neat. Right. Um, Which was totally good up until the Wu-Tang poster that we did. um, Who was, not very happy about that
0: oh and then no
1: and well they were convinced to be happy we can go into that if you want to that's an interesting interesting story about wu-tang
0: yeah they're not they're nothing to fuck with dude i'm down with that yeah how'd that yeah oh man so that's that's rough and we are back you're listening to the 16 ounce canvas, the Art of Craft Beer Podcast. I am still AJ Kieran, and I'm still your host here each and every week. So what do you think so far? One of the things I really have come to appreciate, you know, I think throughout several of the interviews that we've done with these guys, you know, Jay Burke, Ink Lead Designs, you know, Dan Blakesley, you know, the OG, Mr. Hetty Topper himself. One of the cool things that these guys are really into Is the screen printing And you know for gig posters especially And just in general And having been somebody Who collects you know different show And gig posters you know throughout the years And who has a Absorbent amount of them in the basement So if anyone out there who runs a framing shop And wants to talk Would love to, to find out some more information About that But is I think that the appreciation level that is had by me has grown exponentially for the difficulty and the hard work that goes into screen printing. You know, Dan probably you know a couple of months ago, maybe about a month and a half ago, when he was releasing uh, the mermaid print that he did, I think in celebration of his new album, put together a time lapse video, which to me was really eye-opening the amount of work that went into that you know it was a time lapse was, like obviously that's you know sped up but you can just see even from that the amount of time that goes into it so there's a great video on magnificentbeard.com you can even just see their studio you can see the racks you can see all these little pieces that you know when you watch it on first glance if you're not cognizant of what's going on you can really you know you might not notice some of the subtleties but the amount of time and effort and, you know, some of the stuff they talk about, it's just so, it's just a huge commitment for these pieces. And so I really just, it's a, it's an amazing craft. It's not easy. And it's just really cool to, to see all the the different artists who've, you know, made that commitment and the, the output that comes from it. I think there's a lot of similarities, you know, between artists, not their aesthetics or their, their style, but just. You know, there's a love of the of the gig poster, the screen printing, love of comic books. We found a large amount of folks who are really into metal music. So I think that the uh, six degrees of uh, separation for for some of these folks would be really cool to to kind of put together. So never a dull moment. Really interesting. Really love to learn about just kind of different paths. You know, the guys are definitely jokesters. They've been together for a significant period of time, almost. Uh, I think more than half their lives, they've been friends, so it's really exciting, you know, having friends you've grown up with, you know, the the importance that we put here on, you know, friendship and and family. So to see the two of them still doing it, having the day gigs, you know, the grind, the hustle, we love it. You know, it's not easy, you know, working 40, 50, 60 plus hours a week sometimes, you know, even more, and then to come home and do your, your side gig and really try to make that into the full time and really make that you know, Switch or, or flip it isn't, it isn't easy And definitely has moments where you can kind of Get down and out So hopefully one of the things that we try to do here Is inspire We try to showcase the hard work The extra effort that goes into this The folks that are really doing it What they care about And what they're doing to, to make them happy You know there's the The pay the bills gig And then there's the uh, spiritually satisfying gig So Sometimes are the same And I know we have Artists at different Points in their career Who are getting there Or just got there Or Maybe won't get there But they still all Have that love And passion for it And I think it's A, a common thread Is you know Is hard work Creativity And definitely Challenging yourself To try different things Different techniques And it's really cool To, to learn about that So uh, Tip of the cap Goes to those guys Really excited to learn That they did not Do the uh, Eagles Tears and the the Philly Suck beer that came out from Noble Ray. That was definitely going to be a sore spot for us. One of the things that we do love here is our Philly sports. I'm proud of Philadelphia, proud of my hometown growing up. We've had a lot of artists who, unbeknownst to me, are from the Philadelphia area. And so, while it is, um, you know, a good, good lighthearted ribbing, yeah, anytime you can, you know, say Dallas sucks and kind of, you know, jab at them, it's always fun. I know that they were. A little bent out of shape when Weyerbacher came with the Dallas, Dallas Sucks Beers. My family enjoyed it very much. And so I do appreciate the, uh, the give and take nature of coming back with it. You know, despite the fact that uh, it said Philly Sucks on it. So we try not to be super sensitive. But, you know, we do need to be held and hugged once in a while. So funny idea. Even better that it was not the uh, Magnificent Beard guys. So... You're listening to the 16-Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. Do not be a stranger. Get in touch. AJ at 16ozcanvas.com. We'd love to hear from you, so please get in touch. And without further ado, part three, Magnificent Beard, right here, 16-Ounce Canvas. Enjoy.
1: So we, we show up, and they're setting up their booth, and at this point, we we knew that this guy didn't fucking show these guys the posters. This is probably, of all the bands, this is this will most likely be an issue. And he's showing it to him. He's like, that's cool, right? That's, this is cool. And one of the guys behind the booth is like, you have our logo all over this. This is not cool. We could say this is bootleg merch if we wanted to and take it. We're like, no, no, you don't want to do that. These are limited and very special and beautiful objects, and you want to sell these because they're, this is a cool fucking idea, right? You get it? And, uh, we start talking with the guy and he's like, well, yeah, I don't want to make a hundred of these things. I want to make 5,000 of these things. So let me give you my email. And he's telling it to Matt and it's how one (laughs) at AOL.com. Whatever.
0: <laughs> if that guy throws exactly. fucking like if that a guy throws a fucking AOL account, then he deserves to get spammed. Yeah. I mean give me a break.
2: No man. So it turns out he's like the head of like Woo uh all the Woo clothing and everything everything that's Woo branded, it's this guy. Like he's he's friends with Rizza. Matt was making fun of him for that
1: reason, like he said to him, "Who the fuck still has an AOL email?" And we're laughing, and he's not laughing. <laughs> and we think he's like, he's like not much older than us. But no, he's well into his forties and manages all of them and their merchandise. So we found that out way later, though. So at the time, we were giving him a lot of shit, and we were like, "Oh, we probably shouldn't give him a lot of shit." Um, so after the after the show we're coming back around to like settle up with money and all of that. And they're kind of stacking up their booth and another guy's stacking up their booth and we're just kind of talking. And then the venue comes out and says, Hey, do you know where they went? Because they owe us a shit ton of money. We turn around and we're like, no, where did they go? Because <laughs> they also owe us some money, but in our heads, knowing full well, well, of like of the people to pay, we're probably like at the bottom
0: yeah (laughs) like Like,
1: the bottom of the list
0: oh we're gonna pay the venue we pay the poster guys but we're not gonna pay the venue and the sound guy and you know the security but but hey here you go on your bootleg posters that you made and didn't get approval on
1: so we're thinking luckily matt got his aol email and his number (laughs) and so we're, we're looking at the club next door and they're not there and it's like two or three in the morning and we're walking back to my car and we're thinking, well, like, years later, we may laugh about this one day. But not right now. Did Wu-Tang just fuck us? <laughs> I think Wu-Tang fucked us. <laughs> and so Matt's just been calling him and calling him and calling him. And finally, he's like, I'm going to call one more time. And he picks up. And he's like, hello? We're like, uh, hey, this is, the, this is Matt and Connor who made the posters <laughs> for you. <laughs> Uh, uh, we uh, you owe us some money? Why'd you leave? And he's like, nah, man, it's not like that. Come downtown to the Marriott on this room, on this floor, and we'll settle up. And we say, okay, we will. And as soon as we hang up, we're thinking, oh, oh fuck, this is a bad idea. <laughs> Why'd we agree to this? And so we go downtown to the Marriott
0: so you and go. we walk in. <laughs> yeah
1: we're in there and we're walking up and uh Raekwon's down there you guys down there I forget who else Ghostface
2: Ghostface, ODB's cousin yeah this is this is post ODB
0: yeah which Um, uh, which if you haven't seen the poster again you go on the website there's uh it's missing the ODB book which I think is a nice little nod there it's very subtle good job guys
1: thank you Uh, and so we're like, oh my God, look, it's them, and it's us, and and we don't know what to do, so we just kind of go upstairs, and we're knocking on the door, and the whole floor smells like weed, like full of, like clouds of weed, and we're like, oh man, what's going to happen to us, and um, we're knocking on the door, and the door opens, and it's the fucking promoter from the club, and ladies, and this, promoter guy and we're like what the fuck are you doing here you were just saying they owed you money how are you here and you you fucked us over and so he pulls us in and we start talking to the guy and that's when we find out oh he's not really our age he's 20 years older than us and also manages all of Wu-Tang and he's like all right so let's settle up and he pulls out this just massive wad of cash he peels off the least amount of it <laughs> to get to it, <laughs> and he's like, "All right, so when you're ready to make five thousand of these, let's do business." And then he takes us downstairs, and he's showing the poster off to like you, God, and Raekwon, who don't give a fuck and are just trying to eat pizza.
2: <laughs> this- and we
1: take some like real crappy cell phone pictures with them, and then we leave. Well, and also
2: Connor at the time had these real big, uh, like, rapist glasses. And uh, so Raekwon looks at him and is like, how much for them glasses? So he's just going to buy the glasses off Connor's face. And Connor says, like, the most white thing that you can possibly say to anybody is, like, well, if I give you my glasses, how am I going to drive home? <laughs> he just blankly at me and just shakes his head. Oh man, the low point in my life. The, how, Ray Kwan the, could be wearing their glasses right now.
0: Man. Yeah, right. Do you do you have the pictures though? Do you guys still have the pictures?
2: I got a couple.
1: Yeah, <laughs> they're like from like an iPhone 3 or 3G, not even. Yeah, I have
2: it's, like, like my, real yeah. bad. Really. Yeah, I
0: have like my Palm Pilot like phone pictures, and they're like so bad. But like you know, it's like well, if you look at this at like a. Eighteen by eighteen pixel resolution. It's super clear, guys. Like, just imagine how great this photo looks. It's like, yeah.
2: Yes.
0: Wow. That that but, yeah. That, <laughs> so did you make the five thousand? Are you guys still working on that?
2: Uh, it's still Never, heard, on that. Never <laughs> heard back. Never
1: heard back. And that's how we met the Wu Tang
0: Clan. Yeah, that's. That, I I was not expecting that. That's pretty. That's a that's a way better story. No offense, Noble Ray, but that's a way better story. So I apologize. For that <laughs> I mean, no, yeah, I had a little, was, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, we'll, we'll get the cow of the bag now. I'm from Philadelphia. And so their, their most recent run of cans was, uh, was not my, my favorite. Um, mm-hmm. so I definitely was, uh, you know, it was like, oh, we already agreed to do this interview with, with those guys. I'm like, uh, we'll still do it. I'm like, but, uh, the, the Philly sucks and the Eagles tears ones were not, uh, we're not my uh, we're not my bag, so to speak. But uh, you know, I I can take a, I can take a good joke, and I, I do appreciate that's,
1: it. That's okay. We didn't we didn't do this. So that's oh yeah, say. I was super psyched
0: to find <laughs> that out. I was gonna, I was like, this is going to be really. I'm like I, I don't know. I'm like this is going to be awkward. I'm like if they did those cans, I'm like this is not going to go good. I mean, I'm going to be really bummed about it. <laughs> I'm like I'm like I'm going to try to bite my lip. And eventually, you know, I'm like cool. all right, but yeah. The thing they wrote back to me and told me that you guys did not do those cans, so I was happy about that. Yep. Yeah. Now, if you feel, feel
1: free to say whatever you want.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I know there's a, there's a brewery in Pennsylvania that did Dallas sucks. So, I mean, I think I, mm. I, I do a good, I do enjoy a good ribbing and I live, um, I live in Connecticut, which is, you know, giant's territory. So I get shit all the time. So I do appreciate a good kind of, you know, right hook, left hook kind of uh, give and take. So I just, yeah. yeah so I, I understand it. I don't love it, but I was happy that you guys were not a part of that. So I, I approve that even more. So. Of the, the the cans you did, you did kind of the the four flagships for them. Are Those the only four that you've done. I think it's off the leash, uh, steampunk, Baracus, and then Golden Ray. Were those the the core four that you guys done, or have you done other ones for them?
2: No, just those four.
0: Okay. Yeah, I think Two. it's I think it's flattering too because I mean the the stack design, you know, they kind of uh, you know, utilize that with all their cans now for the most part. I think it, it seems like right.
1: Yeah, it was kind of an interesting. Process so like how how we mentioned with Justin one of the original original guys with Noble Ray was like do whatever you want we kind of hired you because we we know you'll do something awesome and so we did a lot of exploration like of all kinds of styles
2: like well I feel like we got lucky with timing because the, at the time there wasn't a lot of like local breweries I feel like that's all blown up in the last. Yeah. few years. Um, but they had a lot of like dealing with TABC and getting set up and getting moved into a new place. So lucky for us, they, they kind of got in contact with us early enough that we kind of had a good amount of time to, to focus on doing it right. Um, so they kind of approached us with like four core beers that they knew they wanted to, to can. Um, And then they, you know, they have the tap room that has like all the interesting stuff they're testing out or trying out or different flavors and stuff like that. But they knew these four were going to, we're definitely going to can. Um, So we kind of had this like exploratory session in the beginning because this is, you know, again, this new, this new company. So we're trying to help them find a brand voice and trying to help them like, what do you like? What don't you like? Yeah, it was
1: like a whole a whole discovery phase of fuck what your cans are gonna look like, like Matt was saying, like what do you sound like? Who are you going after? How do we be sure that whatever we make is for the right audience? Because we wanna we wanna really be honed in on that because whether we set you up and only do a few and someone someone does other ones in the future, we wanna make sure whatever we leave you with is reproducible and for the right audience. And also,
2: too, just to have that like core voice and, 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 um, Jesus, visions that we can like ladder everything up to so we can kind of keep ourselves in check as we go along. Like, hey, I made this thing. Well, does it fit what we're trying to say? Does it talk to our audience? Does it do all these things? And we can be like, yes, or we can be like, no, it doesn't, you know. This might be cool, but this isn't really effective for what we're trying to do. Um, so we started out with that, like, exploration, and we went down, like, different kind of themes and different kind of visuals and different kinds of um, just techniques or weird stuff or, you know what I mean, like, who who are we talking to, how we can execute it in different ways. Um, so we kind of showed them a bunch of mood boards and sketches and stuff like that like um, anything from
1: like merit badges because one of the owners had a real bad experience in Boy Scouts to kind of eighties toy box art. So if you remember how the GI Joes used to look or the transformers that had the power levels on the back or kind of that retro NES box art style um, to just like, like, Low brow, kind of just let's do some weird comic illustration and so it kind of spanned that whole range of what what's going to feel the most right and then what has the most legs because you do you'll have four beers now but you may have 20 beers three years down the road so can you is is whatever direction we we go in will that have enough that you can get like 20 plus cans out of this this kind of visual
2: direction yeah it does have legs
0: yeah, and I think it. I think it carries, and it's kind of nice, kind of uh, the fact that you guys were the kind of the founding fathers, or so to speak, of the art there, because they all kind of have. A, they're they're complementary to your style, and so it's kind of nice to see that, like that, that idea is still. You know, the branding was so strong that it's able to be resonated and, and carried over. Kind of that that style sheet and foundation was was really strong from the get go. So, you know, the this I think the newer the newer designs are. You know play off what you guys have already kind of laid down as a base. So it's pretty, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty solid.
1: Awesome. Thank you, man.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I love the, love the double stack. I mean, I think that they're, are they 12, are they 12 ounce cans or are they 16 ounce cans now? Twelve. so I think when you guys in there are 12 so, ounce, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's even, you yeah. know, I think back then, you know, not that that was that, that far, uh, far, or, yeah long ago we yeah, just yeah we'll edit that out and maybe sound smarter but wasn't that long ago that you know there wasn't these you know t- the tall boys you know they're i think tall boys you know six ounce cans are only really you find them in you know bud heavies you know that's probably the only place you saw them like yeah. you know at that, that time and now they're they're commonplace so it's really you know to utilize the the stack there you know as you know to make it a almost a 24 ounce can was really i think that was a really smart technique and especially on the shelf to give it, you know, to give it, actually, I was going to say give it character cause they are characters, but I think that was just kind of really, a a cool legacy. That's, you know, still, you can still see that with all their stuff.
1: I think we got lucky in the fact that the um, distributors who, who will stock the cases here actually are totally end up facing them up the right way and making sure they display well. Cause normally they're just like, trying to get out of here as fast as I can throw these beers in here. Get get back to my truck and get to the next place. So that's, it's it's kind of cool just to be like, oh no, I mean like everybody's into it.
2: Yeah, like on shelf everybody does a great job at, at turning them the right way, so you see them fully stacked. So it's cool to go to you know Whole Foods and see them yeah. all lined up. It definitely jumps out at you. Yeah,
0: do you still you you do you guys still go to the brewery and stuff like that? or You know, are you still in contact with those folks?
1: A little bit here and there. They've kind of changed up on their end who's um, who's running things. So Justin's Justin, the the main guy that uh, Matt knew isn't, isn't there any longer. He's at another, another local brewery. Um, and so we have, we haven't been hanging out as much.
0: Justin, I think your new brewery needs a new makeover. Let's get these guys back in there. <laughs> Let's do it up. Yeah, now, yeah. Yeah. One of your gig posters is another brewery. Is that right? If I'm not mistaken, I think that's uh Lakewood, right?
1: Yeah. What? Oh yeah, yeah. We did a couple of them. Um, there's a they do a couple beer festivals here that also overlap with with music, and so if we ever ever do like a gig coaster there or have like a booth, usually we'll we'll talk to some of the breweries. So yeah, Lakewood was a good one, and Martin House, who's a great brewery out of Fort Worth. Like they, everything they make is is pretty solid. Um, we've done one for them.
0: You know, what, you guys, what are you guys working on now? What's the, what's the, uh, what kind of products are in the pipeline now? The
1: last thing we really worked on was actually another beer can, um, for a guy out of Port Moody, British Columbia, kind of right outside Vancouver, who, who found us from some of the publicity on these cans. Um, he got their brewery's called the Parkside Brewery. Um, and we did a, a tall boy can for him called skate or die and it's d-y-e like tie-dye it's, so it'll be a, a silver tallboy can and the label is going to be a sticker that wraps all the way around and it's a skate deck um, that has all the inf- information on the bottom of the deck has stickers and stuff like that so it was kind of fun there's another situation too where he's like i like what you're up to bring me bring me just whatever ideas kind of get you going and and let's see what we can
2: make and that was a little bit different. And that was a little bit different because it was he was he, they already had kind of established. They're an established brewery. They kind of had stuff going already, and they're like, we want to kind of do these like get different artists to do different cans, kind of like limited edition things. So it's kind of that. I think that's next year. Yeah, I think early next year that's supposed to come out.
1: So it it, it was kind of nice too. Like Nat said, like you don't have, not that it's. Bad kind of pressure, but just not the whole pressure of we gotta establish the face of this brand kind of a thing. It's just more of like no this this is this is what they're about it's some something a little bit different every time,
0: yeah, and I think that um if you haven't checked it out, it's a uh, collective arts uh, uh, brewing they're out of Canada too, and they every six months they have like an open kind of uh, I don't know I guess kind of like call for artists and every you know then they will release that next season's line of beers and choose like anywhere from like four to eight beers and they're just their whole thing is like different artists from around the world and so it's really cool you know if you check it's kind of a similar idea but that's like their whole their whole line of you know beers is just different artists each like the same four pack I think is two different artists so it's like two like of the four cans like two are the same you know for each artist so it's I, I really like when when breweries kind of take a chance like that and mix it up,
1: that's awesome. Like their whole thing is like every every can's going to be different, and something cool.
0: Yeah, it's cool, and they have like a big like I think the last time like they've they've done I think they've done a lot of it, and so I think the last time they did it was they had like a huge party in Canada, you know. So which is good because I just read that mm-hmm. they're uh, they're one step away from having uh, legalized marijuana if people are into that. So I've heard, but
1: they are so close. My uh my so my dad has lived up in Canada for like twenty almost twenty five years. Right. And is so against all the cool stuff about Canada, like doesn't like <laughs> Trudeau, is not down with any of that and like I, I feel like everybody around our age sees Trudeau and they're like, Man,
0: he's a cool guy. Yeah. He's
1: like like with it. A young a young with it person. Yeah I, feel like he, of power.
0: yeah, I feel like he takes whatever just said in our country and just, like, has a reverse press release, like, ready to go. He's just like, huh, this will be easy. Yeah. He's like, this is pretty <laughs> – he's like, this is pretty – like, his press secretary must be like, this is the easiest job ever. We're just going to say the complete opposite mm-hmm. of what that guy said. And he looks like, yeah, then all the ladies love him. Yeah, my wife definitely. I'm like, why are you following so much uh, Trudeau there? You know, she's like, uh, you yeah. <laughs> know. I'm like, all right, whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. She's like Trudeau. Like she's a moderator of like Trudeau subreddit. I'm like, all right, whatever. <laughs> do you know, do your thing. Whatever. It's all good. Uh, yeah. So I, I definitely yeah, it's uh, it's cool. Yeah, I definitely it's uh, yeah, I might get to Canada for for a bachelor party next year. So that should be interesting. So it'll be fun. So uh, this next question is one of my, I guess one of my favorites because uh, I mean, and I think we've answered some of it with your with the the gig posters. But what's uh, yeah, you know, what kind of tunes are you guys listening to when you're creating? You know, what's uh, what's you know, I don't, I I, I willing to bet you guys aren't working kind of uh, in the silence ambiance kind of guys. But what kind of you you're rocking out to the bands you're working on, or is there what's the what's the studio setup like there over at the beard?
2: Um, I would say, like, whenever we're doing a gig poster, we absolutely try to, you know, submerse ourselves into to the to, the bands we're making stuff for. Um, I mean, I think that that's always been our approach from the... Like, we always want a fan of the band to be a fan of the art. Um, we never just wanted to make something generic and then slap a band's name on it. So we always wanted to have that, like, next level of, like... A lot of our posters, you can kind of see little hidden things. And again, a lot of it's not the songs or albums or just stuff that, you know, we would do whenever we're listening to those, to those bands. Um, so always trying to have that, like, other level of substance to to the posters. Um, I think at the time, this, what was it? Jay
1: Retard, B.O.C.'s, uh, Hot Snakes. Drive Like Jehu. i trying to remember what else. Oh, P- PFFR. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever, ever see that show, Wonder Shows? It was on MTV2 back in the day. It was really violent puppets. And the collective that made it was PFR or PFFR? PFFR. PFFR. And they, had, they made this album matt fucking loves it. i fucking hate it
2: he <laughs> loves to play it while we're in the middle of something and just stare at me basically like nails on a chalkboard to him
0: i but, do like the fact that you guys like you've been together since you're like you know, young guys, so you definitely uh bust each other's balls quite regularly i definitely uh i definitely appreciate that yeah so
2: yeah oh uh, i think we keep each other in check too yeah there's a lot of debate and argument over ideas and, um, stuff like
0: that. Not, yeah. yeah. how does that always, yeah. it's always constructive. Yeah. How does that work? So you have a, you know, you're working on something, you both kind of go to your, uh, you know, go and sketch some stuff and just say, this is what you have. And then try to figure out either to run with one of your ideas or try to make it a hybrid. How does, how does that go? Both. I feel like
1: so sometimes we'll kind of go our own way and, Draw some stuff and then come back and and debate over why we like what we like and if it's a good idea, good enough an idea, or if we need to push it or if we need to like keep keep pursuing other ideas. Sometimes Matt will just have an idea and we're both like, "Yep, that's it. Don't stop. Let's just do that." Sometimes I'll come in with something or like we'll have an old doodle of something that we always thought was funny and. Like oh you know what that that makes us think of whatever you know we try and we try and keep it loose we don't have like a really a really set way to approach it I think it's a little different too now that we're a little more grown up than we were it's a little bit different um, a little more streamlined yeah like after, after just for doing it for so long it's like we know we kind of know how to get to that place faster. Or like when to cut bullshit
2: and like i said for the, the we had we had a good amount of time on these cans um so actually i'm looking at like i'm pulling up like our sketches and stuff like that and our initial like mood boards and stuff that we had sent them and uh there's like iterations of the cans where they weren't stacked i just remember that was like that was the total like just us working it through yeah and it just all was came together of like oh we can do this on both sides and stack them and that that reminds me of like we were we
1: were so close to going with a direction that had um like one of it was off one of the the beers that's off the leash it was a dog chasing its, ch- uh, its tail around the around the can and like oh we could do like a Mr. T van like that and figure out some other stuff for some of these other beers and we were all feeling like pretty good about it, but Matt had done this one other idea that was, um, it was still like half of a head, but it was the bottom half of the head down to the neck and it had the the type at the bottom, so it was just like a, a hint of Mr. T or a hint of a steampunk person and thinking about like, oh, you know, it'd be really cool if you used the entire surface of the can instead of like a tiny little rectangle combined with that and just kind of like I don't know, like Matt was saying, we gave ourselves the space to to get to that point to smash those
2: things together. And I think, honestly, too, just getting lucky with uh, Chris and Justin also being cool with it. Um, I feel like if you look at a lot of cans, you know, it's a lot of maximum branding or at least amongst like a lot of the um, bigger, bigger, bigger beer brands. And uh, to take that chance of, like, you know, this is going to eat up a lot of your can real estate, but it's kind of awesome. And we also, like, pitched around ideas of, like, initially they were going to be in boxes and it was going to be a fucking, like, play set. And, like, <laughs> it was basically, like, let's imagine the Kansas action figures. It was, it, I mean, it just, it all, felt, it all felt right at the end. And obviously, like, we're incredibly happy with what we made that's just, you know, it's not, it's not always you get clients
1: that are willing to go that far with you or willing to like, usually they'll come with kind of like a preconceived idea um, or they haven't worked with designers before
2: who,
1: who may, who may not be open to the idea of like, well, cool. That's that's like your first thought, and that may be everybody's first thought. Let's let's get weird and and push this a little bit and go somewhere where neither one of us would have gotten to on our own, but just just from working together. So, it's a it's a good opportunity to work with people like that.
0: Yeah. Now, on, on the flip, you know, because we try to take it back to kind of I guess folks who are a different stage of their career. How do, would you give any advice to folks on taking? you know, kind of how to take criticism on the other side, kind of like, you know, you, you work really hard on something and it just doesn't, just doesn't you know connect with the, the client or the audience that you're hoping for. And you kind of have to go back. Like how, how is that process for you? Kind of both like getting used to, I guess, in a way, the rejection or kind of the, the critiquing. Is that, are you thick skinned to that? Or is it, is it kind of still, you know, tough at times? You know, I, I find that to be interesting.
1: I think, um, it, it's it's always going to be different at different stages of your life and where you are in, in your career even. So I think in, in going to design school like we did. That's, that's basically what the bulk of it is, is you either making up some bullshit on the fly to prop up your idea and having other people try and tear it down or question you on it, or you trying to like pull out of somebody where that idea came from um getting used to that i think it's good because it makes you more open to like discussing your work matt matt had mentioned earlier there was a big feeling in some design communities of like oh this is a secret and i'm not going to share it with you and you know you go figure it out yourself i think that comes from a place of being worried about what other people might say about your work or about you or about your ideas or whatever it may be and i think um just being open to hearing other points of view and consider what other people are thinking because they're not you and they come from different places will help open you up to like push you to, to somewhere
2: you wouldn't have gotten on your own. Yeah. I mean, I think my advice too would be, I mean, that's, that's kind of the sole reason why Magbeard exists in the first place was you kind of have to go with an understanding of when you're doing work for somebody that's paying you to do it, you kind of are at somewhat of their mercy and uh you know i've seen so many good ideas get killed for really stupid reasons but that doesn't mean that necessarily you should die it's kind of like how can you make it work for you and just do it on your own then if it's yeah. something cool
1: i think if if you're working with somebody who's a little bit older than you and they're selling stuff in and you see them saying all this crazy shit and telling this crazy story just to get something sold in that's where you can like draw the line and be like, damn, like, look at all the hoops. They have to jump through just to get an idea from getting killed. Um, so it kind of helps you be a little more self selective about stuff. I think too, um, at a young age, everybody's like, man, it would be so cool if we did this or I have this great idea for whatever they never end up doing it or they feel this anxiety over getting started or they may think just like i don't i don't even know how to do that i don't even know who would buy it 90 percent of any of this shit is just like doing it just saying like fuck it i'm just gonna go make something and figure it out and once it's out there that everybody that everybody's like oh you're validated you're you're on the internet or oh you made something and you've been at flat stock like you're you're legit now and you're no different than you were from like a couple
0: of days ago when you were in that place of like i don't know how i'm going to get it done yeah and no, i agree like i said to you when we before we started you now the idea was just to even to do this was like I, I had too many of those ideas that like in my head were going to happen and it never did or like i had an app idea and then it became a real app and i wanted to like flip over a desk because i was like fuck, that was my like that was literally my idea and so i was like well yeah and then, then people were like oh you're on itunes like That's amazing, and they're like, "I want to tell everybody about that." And I'm like, "Oh, it's a lot. It's a pain in the ass. But you just gotta fill in a bunch of fields, and like, you know, have an Apple ID. Like, it's not, it's not like a moon landing thing. But I mean, I mean, folks at home, iTunes, go there. Five star reviews, rate this shit, go. But no, but seriously, like, yeah, and I agree. Like, I think that, like they say, part of it is just kind of like that, that leap, and just being like, all right, well, we'll see what happens here. You know, if I fall on my face, you know, at least I can say I tried."
1: It's better better than not doing
0: it. Yeah, exactly. You're gonna
1: learn. You're gonna learn.
0: Yeah, I think that. I, yeah, I think if, if your life, yeah, life's, you know, you gotta take some chances. And not that these are life or death choices we're making here, but I think they just make life a little more enjoyable if you're putting something out creative that you're that you're proud of.
1: Yeah. No, that's exactly right.
0: All right, guys. I I mean, I would say I, I definitely. Um, my, my first you know two-part interview with two guys so i think it really went really well i think you you guys are you guys are kind of like i mean you obviously obviously know each other forever but you guys don't talk over each other and it was really fluid and i really enjoyed talking to you guys it was really uh, i look forward to sharing this one
1: awesome man yeah thank you for the opportunity and for reaching out to us this is this is really really cool to to be a part of and to talk with you
0: yeah, like I said, I love I love you guys are doing. I love your you know I love the prints. I think it's really great, and especially you know that this all the stories. You guys are good storytellers, which I I do appreciate. All right, fellas. Well, I, I thank you so much, and uh, we'll be in touch. And if, like I said, if anything you need from me, I'm more really than happy to. And um, you know I'm a I'm a fan, so I appreciate it.
1: Awesome, man. Thank you very much.
0: All right, cool. When we, when we meet, I promise I won't be I won't be a douche. So it'll be good. We'll be fine.
2: Good. We'll try not to be. Yeah. Yeah. We
0: should <laughs> set the bar low. We might be douchey, but you know, we'll, we'll still we'll still have a good time. All
2: right,
0: dude. All right. Have a good night, fellas. Thanks, thanks a lot again. All right. Talk All right, to right, you soon. Good night, man. I'll All later, guys. Bye. All right. Bye. And there we have it. Episode number thirty-eight is in the books. I want to thank the guys. For magnificent beard for taking the opportunity to join us. Love the story about Wu Tang Clan. The, just the fact that there's a, a Wu Tang Clan story is pretty hilarious, and that they uh, came back in one piece is uh, it's even better. So love that. Uh, love the poster on the website. Was definitely drawn to that when I first saw it. Has the uh, Wu Tang is for dummies kind of uh, DVD look to it. If you want to go to the website, magnificentbeard.com. You can check that out. A lot of great prints there. A lot of stuff in the shop that's still available. Really like that, and it's really cool. Some of the music that they've uh, been a part of. Uh, you know, I love a good gig poster. I love when it's uh, you know tied to artists and bands that they really enjoy. And so you can really see that uh, you know Connor and Matt really take pride in that, and they're at a point at least now where they're not just taking anything that comes you know comes down the pike. So it's a, that's yeah, a big step. You know, it's kind of like that. Yeah, once you get through that first year of you know, having your own business, you really can make some more you know, unique choices. So they're doing a lot of cool stuff. You know, the, there's some. I really like the uh, M83 set that's on their website. They did a cool poster for you know Lakewood Brewing Company, which we talked about. There's some cool shirts there. You know, Stephen uh, Malkmus and the Jicks. Uh, you know, so there's definitely a lot of uh, cool things over there, and really really exciting to see that they're uh, still crushing it um, one of my favorites is definitely the hard and sweaty and the ready to go which is just a great name anytime you work in a good ampersand into a into a band name it's always it's always good so like I said head on over to the website magnificentbeard.com let those guys know that we uh, we sent you we're doing a lot of cool stuff over there and really just kind of uh, love the entrepreneur love the hard work and the hustle and they're definitely uh burning the candle at both ends but seem to be uh, having a good time doing it so i want to thank you once again for joining us here this is our fourth 12 pack so that is really exciting we've got uh, a lot of uh things in the works for the the fifth but this has us locked in to continue to be doing these up until early 2018 so we're coming up April will be a year, and uh, we have a few meetings in coming weeks. We keep teasing that. Life gets away a little bit, but we have some ideas. Got some things in motion that we're definitely excited to, to share with you. Soon enough, soon enough, but don't be a stranger. Get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Make sure you check out the different artists that we feature each week. They're working hard, and it's always cool. Follow along, join them. And we thank you once again for checking us out here at the 16-ounce canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. I'm AJ. I'm your host. And I'm leaving. Done. Rap. Over. Adios, muchachos. Until next week, we thank you and you and you. And if you haven't, since we've got some extra time, if you haven't, just head on over to iTunes, leave a nice review, you know, click a couple stars. They say five is good. We'll take it. You know, we're a humble bunch here. And uh, if you have any feedback or reviews, we'd love to hear from you. So be in touch. And until next time, we thank you. We're having a great time, and you're helping us do that. So cheers. Go. The episode is over now. Fade to black. Roll credits. Control Z. Up, up, down, down, left, right, PA. Select start. Hmm, that's all I remember. All right.